So last week, apparently, Luke kicked off with an amazing sermon about prayer. Who of you were last year last week? Okay, so we're going to do we're going to do a theme of prayer for this month. Um, obviously, next next week we're going to do um, a worship night with a focus praying for that one person. And Luke and I we were chatting. We, the only thing we want from you is that you put out your faith for one person to get to know Jesus or to get slotted in. Maybe it's some somebody that's disgruntled, somebody that's offended with God, and he need, he or she needs to come needs to come back. So. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start off a two-part mini-series within that theme, and it's going to be tonight, and I did it this morning with, for the Afrikaans service, and next Sunday morning, in the morning, I'll do this in English for the English people also. So if you like what you're hearing tonight, or you feel like, hey, I just need more info, come next week Sunday to the Afrikaans service, but it will be in English, especially for you. John Mark, is that cool for you? Now that you're back from honeymoon, hey... Uh, Tracy, cool. How was the honeymoon? <laughs> and everybody is thinking, what are you thinking about? It's amazing. We love, we love honeymoon. Eh? We love it in this church. And they, just to, to bless them, they waited until marriage for, to, for intimacy um, with, with their partner. That's amazing. Eh? Awesome. Great. Um, and then I also want to just say thank you to Marika, who of you were here when she shared a testimony. Wow, it's so, I, I don't even know your testimony, and I'm your pastor, I'm so sorry, but thanks so much for sharing it, and also in such a vulnerable way. I really value it when people come and stand you up in front, and they just share their hearts, and it's, re- it's really challenging. I have, I've done this a couple of times, just for the first time sharing, your, sharing about your past, and I know you've done it probably a, a lot of times before. But it is a vulnerable place to be, but it's also a good place because then you rely on God and you're actually creating an opportunity for other people to get into and walk in the kind of freedom that you, you, are, that you experience through Jesus. Great. So I'm going to talk about a very, it's a very specific part of prayer. And it's called the asking and receiving part of prayer. Okay. So... The last little while I've been journeying with God, and I, I started to really love my quiet times. I started to really love just spending time with Jesus, whether it's here in church during worship, or whether it's at home or with my family, but to love, I love the presence of God. I love knowing that God is close. I love to know that Jesus, when He communicates with me and He tells me that He loves me and the Holy Spirit's moving I love that. And then just in the last little while, God has been challenging me to do this thing that I'm going to speak about tonight. And before I start, I want all of you to get your Bibles out. We're going to get into groups. The idea is that you form a group with people not only in the same room as you, same row as you, but also behind you or in front of you. So get into groups of four or five, and then you're going to read through all those scriptures. And then what you're going to do is you're just going to tell each other, what are you hearing? What is God saying? Okay, so create groupies from feet of faith, divide the scriptures among each other, and then just read it out loud, and then tell God or tell each other, what are you hearing?
Okay, great. So, what is, what are these verses all about? Ask and you will receive. Okay, it's a simple thing. So here's my, here's my question. Who of you would love God to answer your prayers? What if I tell you, and you've read this now, what if I tell you that it's God's desire to answer your prayers? Do you believe this? So you're going to ask from this week, you're going to ask and you're going to? Okay, so we're going we're gonna to talk on this tonight. So we're not going to necessarily spend time on how you can get it wrong. We're just going to spend time on that we need to ask. You need to ask of God. Okay, so the first scripture that I'm just going to highlight, you've already, you've already read through it, but it's Matthew 7, 9 to 11. It says this, Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake. So God's saying, Jesus saying, hey, you know what? You're a father. If your son comes to you and he asks you for bread, you're not going to go like, no, no, I believe the stone is going to be better for you. You're going to, in other words, you're going to answer him in, in the specific request, with an with answer that's, that's specifically in in line with what he requested. So he asked bread, and you're going to supply bread to him. He asked fish, and you're going to give him fish. And then verse 11, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So the first question was, do you, would you love God to answer your prayers? And all of us are like, yes, this Scriptures then says that God loves to answer our prayers. So, why aren't we praying more and asking more? Why aren't we receiving more? And we're, specific, we're specifically going to look at that next week, but today we're just going to focus on why we should ask. Okay? Why it is important to ask. To ask from God. So, the first reason why we should ask is this, very simply, so that we can get what we ask for. It's obvious. My, my children, they come to me, they say they, they are hungry. The reason why they must ask when they are hungry is because they need something from me. If they don't ask, they're not going to get it. And it's the same with God. James 4 verse 2, it says, so it's speaking about a worldly system, and then, it, and then it says, but this is how you as Christians should get things. You lust and you do not have. You murder and you covet and you cannot obtain. You fight in war and you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. So, it's saying in the, in the worldly terms, we often we go like, hey, I want this, and I want this, and I have this desire to, and, maybe, and most of those desires are good desires. You have a desire to go and, and study to become a doctor, or you have a desire to, to impact this world, or you have a desire to, to be, maybe be a leader in, in your sphere of influence, or to, or to have a breakthrough in your marriage. Those are good desires. And, and the Bible says the way that the world does it is the world, what they do is 
they scheme and they connive and they try and trick other people into giving them something so they can receive. But we as Christians, we have a simple tool to use for that. We must just ask. We must just ask. And you can ask anything from God. Now people are going to say, hey, oh, don't open this can of worms. What if people ask for Ferraris or a jet in a white suit to fly across the world? What if? Yes, what if? Is it wrong to ask for a Ferrari? No, it's not wrong. Actually, I think the people that's working in the factory in, in it- Italy where they make these Ferraris, they're like, wow, we are so glad that there are rich people out there that can actually buy Ferraris because we get our bread and butter from the money, the salaries that this Ferrari factory pays us. So it's, it's not wrong. We, we have this idea. It's some things are, are wrong to ask of God. And the big argument that I want to make tonight is that we leave what we get to God, but we do the asking. You can ask anything. So there, one of the pastors shared at our pastor summit. We just came back from a pastor summit in, in the Toys Club. And um, he shared, they were teaching their son about God doing the impossible. So they were trusting God for the impossible to become true in their lives. So they asked his son, what is impossible? Let's trust God for that. And he said, no, he's writing this, um, it's like a math, um, Olympiada, what's that in English? Olympiad, great. And, um, but it's a Western Cape one, and he wants to, he wants to be first in his age group, because then he'll get a trophy, tells his dad. He gets a trophy. And the dad's like, I think the math teacher just wants to make money from us because it's quite expensive to, to travel there and to, to enter into this competition and all. And, and then this boy, William, he's nine years old. He just said, God, I'm going to pray for this. I want to be first in my age group. Brilliant prayer. Is he allowed to pray that prayer? And he did. He prayed the prayer. What happened? He won the trophy, and he came back, and he told his dad, hey, it's amazing. Look, I prayed, and this is what I've got, because I prayed. It's a, it's a simple prayer. So why, why should we ask? Because that is the way that God created us, his relationship with us. That's the way that we get things. We can get things. Like, I love it when my kids come to me, and they say, hey, dad. I want this. So the other night, I'm like, because they, they, the way that they pray these days, I just, thank you for a, for a great day. Thank you that I could play with my friends. Thank you that a house didn't burn down. One son, every, every night he prays for, thank you that a house didn't burn down, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm little, are we over that prayer? Let's, let's ask things from God. So my one, one, my one son is praying, God, I, I want a fishing rod. I bet you he's going to get a fishing rod before the end of the year. Because he's now, that's where, he, where he's stuck. He wants a fishing rod before the end of the year. I love it. And I, I believe God loves it. Because often we treat God different than we treat our best friends. You go to your best friend, you're like, hey, you know what? I actually want an overseas holiday. I, I guess I would love that bicycle. I would love that car. I would love to live in that part of 
of the country. Oh, I love that house. You tell that to your friend. But somehow, if you, when you come to God, you're not allowed to say that to God. Because God, God's too holy for those kind of requests. That's, that's what we do. And what we do is we limit God because He says that He, when we knock, the door will be opened. And who's opening that door? We're not opening that door. He is opening that door. So why should we ask? Because we can get stuff from God. Yes, you can ask the wrong stuff. Yes, you can ask for somebody else, for that boyfriend to leave that girlfriend so that you can get that boyfriend or whatever. I don't think that's a good prayer. But at least what you then do is you tell God, get God, this is what my heart looks like. And you give God opportunity to come and bring purity and holiness and just restore your heart. So you even allow to just bring that before God. God, I just... I so want this. I so want that. And that's relationship. That's relationship. It's so important. The second reason why we should ask is so that our joy may be full. John 16, 24. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. But now ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. So imagine that guy winning the trophy. What, what was his emotional state? He was, he was probably very angry that God came through for him. Huh? No. When God answers a prayer, we're like, whoa, God, you are so real. You are so real. When I was second year in varsity, um, I got into mountain biking and I, I loved it. But every now and then, then I would go with my friends and we'd go on the road and I'd go on the mountain bike and they all have road bikes. And because of the thicker wheels, there's a lot more, lot more friction, big science. You can go and you can speak to Tracy about that. So it's a lot more difficult for me to stay with the group when I'm on a mountain bike than when I'm on a road bike. So that it was a Wednesday night, came back. And I said, God, I don't, I'm not going to go with a road bike and I'm going to tell people about Jesus. I'm not going to go to Malawi with this road bike. You can't even travel there with, with that kind of wheels. But I would just, as a son, I'm just asking this. God, if it's, if, it's, if it's what you want from me and I really want this, give me a road bike. So I'm, I'm 20 years old. I don't know anything. The next Monday... A friend phones me and he says, hey, Amo, I'm going to give you, I'm going to come and give you something. Just be at your residence. So he arrives there with a road bike. He says, God last week told me that I must give this to you. Now it changed my life. It changed my perspective on who God is. Did I go and evangelize the world with this road bike? No, but the story has come up a couple of times. Because why? Because people know, to, they need to know that God is into you more than you can think. He loves every little detail about you. And He loves all your desires. He loves the way that He created you. So the moment you ask, it actually gives God an opportunity to bless you. I know some of you also have friends like this, but there's some friends, I don't even want to tell them my desires because they're going to go and they're going to create a way for me to, for that desire to be fulfilled. 
And every time they, they do that, I, I'm like, oh, man, I feel so awkward. I'm, I struggle to receive, but also I receive a joy. I receive the joy that they have in giving this thing to me or making this desire um, a reality. I receive the joy, and that's what happens when we ask God. We give Him the opportunity for His joy to be imparted, to be deposited into our hearts. It's amazing. So you need to ask so that God's joy, so that He has an, an opportunity to release His joy in your life. If, you, if you're a father, Peter Allen's going to be, become a father very soon. He's already actually a father. But um, what's, your, what's, what's the son's name? Eli. Amazing. My God. And, um, and he's going to look for opportunities. Like, what is this guy? Does this guy, does he like cars? Does he like rugby? And he's going to look for opportunities to give him something. Why? Because that's a father's heart. Amen. Third thing. So that we can get rid of things we didn't ask for. Some of you are sitting here and you've, you've been handed out by the devil lots of things and you don't like it. Like Marika's testimony of their family, of their sexual brokenness in their family. They didn't, Marika didn't choose to, to be in that family, but her, her parents actually made the decision they're not going to take what they received from the devil. And they're going to start anew. So listen to this scripture. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer. So in other words, by prayer means to ask and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. A request is to ask. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. A lot of you are struggling with stress. A lot of you are struggling with depression. A lot of you have difficulty in relating to other people. Whatever it might be, it is something that's been handed to you and you took it for yourself and it's not yours to take. It's not God's idea for you to take. And by asking God, say, God, I don't want this anxiety. It's nonsense. I don't want this stress. If you say, John 10, 10, life and life and abundance, I don't think that includes stress. Or not, there's always, it's always good there's pressure and character building. And I, that's, it's a good thing to go through. But I'm talking about chronic stress. It's not, it's not yours. There's an old hymn that I, that I love. It says, what a friend we have in Jesus. Do you guys know this song? All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit of what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Thanks, Keith. Keith definitely knows that song. <laughs> so it's, it says that what a friend we have in Jesus, and you can bring anything to Him. And He wants to take that away. So again, it's, it's asking God to take this away from you. Like, you can, you can try this on your own. You can try and create an, a safe space. You can go on every holiday that you, that you can imagine. You will not get rid of an inner reality if you don't ask God to take it away. 
Therefore, we have like encounter one, two, three, and four because we deal with those things in encounter one, two, one, two, four. Then number four, so that the skeptic will acknowledge, sorry, without the D, that our God is Lord. So you know the story of Elijah and, and, the, and the Baal prophets? So Elijah's being challenged. They say, hey, Baal is the real king, he's the real Lord. And Elijah's like, no, I have a God. And how does he, how does he show them that his God is the real God? He does this. He says, I'm going to ask, and I know if my God, if I ask, then I'll receive. But your God's dead. Your God cannot do this. So, so what he does, he, he creates two altars, the one for the Baal prophets, another one for the living Lord Jesus, Lord God. And he says, okay, you ask and I will ask. So they ask and nothing happens. But he asks. And he says the following, at the time of the sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and that I have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord, answer me, so that these people will know that you, Lord, are God and that you are turning their hearts back again. Amazing. So the challenge for us as Christians is to let the world know that there's a real God. Do you guys believe that? So when, when Luke's challenging all of you to, to pray for one person, the one thing that we want is not only for that person to come to church, but to meet other people that serve a real God. And the one very powerful way of doing that is that they must know that our prayers get answered. That's how Elijah did. So if you can tap into this truth, there's a whole world that's going to get saved. That's your sphere of influence because you've just simply been obedient in asking and believing that God will give it to you. And often the church is powerless because we don't do this. We don't do this. But I, I love, there's so many testimonies in, in, this, in this church about people just asking random, like, most amazing random things. And then God just, He does it. So another story from a, from a pastor that was sharing in our pastor summit, he said, so his son is 10 years old and he's big into the evolution creation debate, huh? 10 years old, and he, lo- he loves science. So up in the up on the wall in the corridor, there's a lot of posters about about evolution and how it's not really God. It's it's all about the it's a big bang and God didn't create the world and this and this and this. And he told his dad and his dad said, okay, but let, you you pray about this. You ask God to to give him a solution to this. And then he prayed to God and he felt that he needs to go and speak to the teacher, the biology biology science teacher in their school. 10 years old. Huh? Amazing. Bold. He goes to the teacher and the teacher says, no, she's not going to take the posters off. And he says, okay, that's fine. And he actually told his dad, now he's going to go to the headmaster. Huh? 10 years old. Love it. 
That's the kind of kids that we need to raise up. Like, they're just bold. That's what he, he believes God's telling them. Because he's, he asked of God, and God is giving him the strategy. So then, in that week, I think it's, it could be two weeks, in, in the two weeks following his conversation with the teacher, his teacher gets a dream where she goes with a knife and rips the posters apart. Needless to say, she has the fear of God on her, and she takes down the posters. So it's a 10-year-old just asking. So what's happening? It's somebody, it's a 10-year-old that's behaving like Elijah, and he's like, hey, I know my God, he's going to destroy this altar with fire. So we must ask. Then five, so that sinners might get saved. Romans 10, 13, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And he is Here's something that I want all of you, and I would say most of you are Christian in this room, that you need to take to a heart. So if there's somebody outside, they are, he, he or she is a Satanist worshiper, he does every awful thing in the book, and he or she walks into this church, and they call upon the Lord. In other words, they ask for forgiveness and salvation, What's, what, what will Jesus do? He will give it to them. So if that, that person that's behaving in that awful way is receiving the biggest gift ever, how much more as the sons and the daughters of God, how much more can we ask and expect to receive? Because that's, that's who God is. And again, I can see a lot of you. So come next week, Sunday morning, we're going to talk about how you can ask amiss because you can ask in a wrong way. And there's a lot of people that have asked in the wrong way and now they're offended with God because God didn't, he didn't hear them. But what I'm saying, as the sons and the daughters of God, we have the privilege to ask. Because a sinner, somebody that has, that has maybe blasphemed the name of Jesus, can ask for the biggest gift and in a Second, God can come and He can give the biggest gift that all of us can get. He can give that person because He asked. So how does God answer prayer? Some of you have heard it said that people say, um, sometimes He say yes, sometimes He says no, sometimes He says maybe. Okay? And I, I don't know if there's nothing, there's, I don't know if, too big a problem with that, but I think if we talk in that way, it creates opportunity for unbelief. So here's why I say this. Or, and it's, it's too simple answer for a complex thing. Because there's a mystery about God, we, don't necessarily, we cannot necessarily explain this. So if somebody has a kid, and that kid maybe gets cancer, and that that kid dies. And somebody comes to that person and says, you know what? So God answers in three ways. He says, yes, no, maybe. So God obviously didn't say yes, because this kid is dead. And you say, so God, also not maybe, not now. That's also not working. So God's saying no. What are you doing? You're not giving an answer. You're not, you're not representing God very well. So when we see that God is not coming through, 
we cannot necessarily say it's a no. We cannot say it's a maybe. The only thing that we can do is we can with that person, or maybe it's easier if it's in our own life, we can look at our own life and we can see, hey God, if I'm asking amiss, if I'm asking the wrong way, just reveal that to me. You can get friends involved. You say, reveal that to me. Because I know from the scripture, because this is what we're teaching tonight, from the scripture that it's your heart, your father's heart to give when I ask. So how does God answer? Matthew 7, 7 to 11 again. Ask and it will be given to you. So when you ask, you can receive that. It's a yes. When we seek, we will find. And it's the specific thing that you're seeking. You knock at this door and God doesn't, he doesn't want to open that door for you. He wants to open this door for you. Because the very next verse, he talks about uh, an evil dad or dads like us not giving our children a snake when they ask for fish or a stone when we ask for bread. Because he is a God of the specific. Do you get this? Okay, so often we like, hey God, just whatever. And we 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 ask these, we give these general requests, make these general requests. Luke just made a brilliant example in our intercession before the time. Like people come to a house and like, hey, what do you want? What do you want to drink? Tea, coffee, iced tea, orange juice, or water. And then we like, no, whatever is easiest for you. And then Luke said, but you know what would be easiest for me is if you tell me what you want. <laughs> like we all know those people. They're so polite, but that's so difficult. Yes, if, he, if you then ask for, for strawberry juice from the strawberry farm, freshly squeezed, and that's not something he can offer, you're not going to be a very good um, guest. But, but choose. So... God's saying to all of us as children, we should choose. And we should make that specific request known to Him. Okay. So there are two big mistakes that we need to stay away from. For tonight. Next week, we're going to look at a few others. The one is the mindset saying, I am not allowed to ask. You can ask anything from God. I'm not saying you're going to get it, but I'm saying that we must get into the practice of asking everything. So like, for instance, with, your, if you, with my wife, the, the, here's what I asked of God for a wife when I was young. I asked God, I want a sporty girl who is beautiful and who loves Jesus and is also musical. So I, I met my wife. She was all, those, she was See, with those three things, she was those three things, but she wasn't musical. I didn't see that she was musical. Then we started dating, and we're in a church, and there was a guy who's, who's sitting next to me, and afterwards he's like, hey, have you realized how beautiful your wife singing? She has an amazing voice. And then suddenly I realized, whoa, thanks, Jesus. <laughs> Number four. You could, I'm not saying you're going to get it, but I asked. Because that's the relationship that we have with God, that we can have with God. I guess the first one, I'm not allowed to ask. 
So to give you a few examples in the Bible, so God wants to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Abram goes to God and says, no, God, I ask of you not to destroy them. If there are 50 righteous people, please don't destroy them. What's, what's Abram doing? He's just taking up his right as a son. Hezekiah, the, the, the prophet comes to him and says, you're going to die. Hezekiah is like, no, I don't want to die. And he lives for 15 years longer. What, what did he do? He just asked. At the, at the first miracle that Jesus did, Mary, Mary goes to Jesus, hey, there's no wine. So Mary goes to the Son of God, and she says, she's asking, hey, water into wine. That's what she's saying. And then Jesus actually says, but it's not my time yet. And then eventually he does, like a good son, does what his mother asked him to do. What's Mary doing? She knows that she can ask. And here's the ultimate example, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. So he, he heard the voice of the Lord. He is one with God. He knows why he's here, and that is to die on a cross. And while he's in the garden, and because of his suffering, he knows he can still ask. And he says, God, will you be willing to take this cup away from me, this cup of suffering away from me? It didn't happen, but it did. Ask, why? Because it's the privilege of a son to ask for his dad for anything. Anything. You can ask anything. And I hope I'm stimulating faith in you that this is our inheritance. You can ask anything. And the second thing, big mistake we, we make is this. God doesn't, does not want to answer my prayer. Sorry for the double knot. God doesn't want to answer my prayers. It's a lie. It's a lie. Maybe he didn't answer that one prayer. But you also, you don't know, maybe he did answer that prayer. So if, whenever I feel that God has wronged me, I always try and see, because God's never wrong. He is ultimately good. He can never be wrong. I try and change the way that I think about this and not limiting him in any way. So I'm not going to say, hey, God cannot do this. We will not answer this kind of prayer. But what I'll do is I look at myself and I see, hey, God, maybe I've asked a mess. Or maybe God just challenging me. He says, Amor, you have knocked once. Maybe you must knock twice. Maybe you must go on and on and endure in asking of God. And there's a lot of people, it could be even people in this room, you are offended because God seemingly didn't answer your prayers. And the only, only person that's hurting because of that, it's not God. Yes, He is also hurting because you, you don't understand how it works. You, you, you don't ask anymore. So that relationship is broken. But it's actually, it's hurting you more than it's hurting God. Because you don't have faith to ask of God anymore. And God actually wants to do and release miracles through you. But you don't have that faith because you got offended and hurt when God didn't answer a prayer. And all of us have gone through that. I've prayed for people that, that had cancer and I really believe they got healed, they died. A friend of mine, he took me into the mortuary and we prayed for his aunt to 
stand out or to stand up out of the grave, out of the coffin, and it didn't happen. I've, a lot of times we've prayed for stuff and it didn't happen. But never am I, will I point my finger towards God because I know He is the one that answers prayers. And I'm not going to give a, a simple answer for why it didn't. I'm just going to say, God, you are God, and I, I give that, uh, this over to you. Even my offense in my heart that it didn't come through in this specific area, I'm going to give it over to you. Okay, let's stand. Ben, can you come up?